is a Woodside Church podcast. Today we continue our series, which we started last week, looking at Proverbs. And we pray that God is going to speak to us uh, through this series. Before I start off, I want us to pray and commit this time into God's hands as we look into his word for him to speak to us through his word. So the prayer will be in the form of a song. As it uh, plays in the background, let's brood over the words, meditate on the words, and pray. It's entitled, Ancient Words. Holy Spirit, as we gather and read these ancient words, may it impact us and change us to be like you. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. So the title today is The Diligent versus The Sluggard. And we are looking at the ancient words from the Word of God, Proverbs. But before then, let's look at what diligent and sluggard mean. So I tried to look on the web for definition of diligent, and it was more complicated than I thought. It says, having or showing care and conscientiousness in one's work or duties. So you want a definition that makes it easier, but then it gets more complicated. So conscientiousness means the quality of wishing to do one's work or duty well and thoroughly. So when we say someone is diligent, this is the person who does his work well. That is a diligent person. What about a sluggard? So the noun says a lazy, sluggish person. Sluggish means slow moving and inactive. Slow moving and inactive. So when those days, it becomes difficult to get out of bed. Slow moving and inactive. Sluggard. Now, let's see what Proverbs say about sluggard and diligent. And as we've prayed, as we read this, Proverbs is a very practical book, full of wisdom to guide us in our daily walk. And as we read this, and as we've prayed already, may the Holy Spirit use His word to show us areas that we may not be aware of that we can change for the better. Let's look at Proverbs 6, 6 to 8. It says, go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. 
How long would you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief, and scarcity like an armed man. And then Proverbs 19:24, it says that a sluggard buries his hand in the dish. He will not even bring it back to his mouth. Can you imagine? I'm sure this sluggard did not prepare the dish. There's no chance. Someone has prepared the dish. Take the food from the bowl into your mouth. It's a problem for the sluggard. So he puts his hands there. So much work to even take it into his mouth. Proverbs 22 and 13. The sluggard says, there's a lion outside. I'll be killed in the public square. Panic. Now let's look at verses in Proverbs about the diligent. Proverbs 10, 4 and 5. Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. And then five, it says, he who gathers crops in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps during the harvest is a disgraceful son. Proverbs 12, 24, and then 27. Diligence hands will rule, but laziness ends in forced labor. The lazy do not roast any game, but the diligent feed on the riches of the hunt. So what he's saying here is both the sluggard and the diligent will go and get some meat from the forest or somewhere. The sluggard will not have the strength to even roast that meat and get, you know, benefit from eating that meat. So it goes waste. But the diligent feeds on the riches of the hunt. So the diligent gets benefit from his labor. And then Proverbs 22, 29 says, do you see someone skilled in their work? They will serve before kings. They will not serve before officials of low rank. These are some words from the ancient book, the ancient words. And I want us to look at four sayings of the sluggard, which came out of some of the passages that we've read. The first one is, I just need a little more. We read, a little sleep, a little slumber. That is a common language of a sluggard. I don't know if this has happened to you before, but it has. So I tend to work at night. So 
go home, have a bit of rest, and then wake up and during the night do some more work. And sometimes when I'm very, very tired and the alarm goes off, then I tell Siri, 10 minutes, set alarm for another 10 minutes. And then 10 minutes come, then I set it again, 10, 10, 10. And it ends up being a full hour. That is the attitude of a sluggard. Just a little bit more. Time to wake up, oh, let's sleep in a bit. Time to move on to the next thing, to stop the enjoyment and move on, say, just a little bit more. In a way, this is the motto of a sluggard. And the question that a sluggard will ask is, what harm would this do? Just one more snooze cycle. Just one more show. Just one more holiday, I'll skip work. Just one more. Let me enjoy for a little more. These little things over time can add up. These little tasks, these little opportunities, these little moments can all add up. And Scott Hubbard, um, he wrote some very nice articles on this uh, topic, which um, I read in preparing for this. And this is why he says, an ordinary man becomes a sluggard, one small surrender at a time. Over time, how he handles little is no little matter. So how we handle those little decisions those little things, little drudgeries, little tasks, little opportunities. These are the moments when the sluggard gains ground in our souls or loses it. So those decisions that we make around the little things, those are the opportunities that we give for the sluggard to gain foothold in our lives. The second saying of a sluggard is that there is always tomorrow. Procrastination. Yeah, let's push it to tomorrow so I can enjoy more. There is always a tomorrow. There is always a tomorrow. So when we are gripped with laziness, maybe a little more works to you know, justify our state of laziness, but sometimes we go further and shift it to tomorrow. And what happens is sometimes this tomorrow never comes. Things that we should have done yesterday that we didn't do may not be possible to do again. And sometimes tasks that you are supposed to do yesterday that you didn't do becomes much more difficult to do today. 
And when the autumn passes and winter comes, it's not everything that you can do that you were supposed to do in autumn. Sometimes because of laziness, opportunity slips. We say there is a tomorrow, and then all of a sudden winter shows up. And we can learn from the farmer. When the farmer comes to plow his land, he is driven more by the season than his feelings. If it's autumn and the work that the farmer needs to do, he has to do it because that is the season for that work. If that season passes, he cannot do that work. It's not about feelings. It's about doing the right thing at the right time. The third saying of a sluggard is this. I'll be putting myself at risk. So that sluggard dreams a lot. Maybe in their sleep. Instead of working, they are sleeping, so they are dreaming a lot. And they dream of lions chasing them, of all the dangers around, of stepping out and putting their, themselves at risk. Excuses. You see, excuses are like pigeons. If you feed one, you give bread, they all come. So you start with one excuse and then all the others will follow. Charles Spurgeon said this, and I think it captures it very, very well. He said, laziness is a great lion maker. He who does little dreams much. His imagination could create not only a lion, but a whole menagerie of wild beasts. So as you lie down sleeping, and thinking of how you can come up with excuses of not doing what you are supposed to do. You create more lions. You create more difficulties where there are not supposed to be any difficulties. And sometimes, the inner sluggard in us, it takes a very little thing, a little cough, and then I'm off. I can't work today. A little tiredness, and I can't mow the lawn because I'm too tired. And sometimes a long day is enough to justify us from not even attending small group meeting, or even not going to visit a friend, or not doing what we are supposed to do. 
because we tell ourselves our bodies need to rest. I think we need to balance things here. Rest is very, very important. In fact, God created rest. On the seventh day, he created rest. So when we talk of the sluggard in this sense, we are not talking about rest, using your rest time to work. We all know what a sluggard does. When it's time, he's rested. He's taking his full share of his rest time. When it is time for the sluggard to work, then these excuses comes up. And what Proverbs is saying is the sluggard does not want to step outside because of lions. And sometimes these lions as Christians are preventing us from fulfilling God's purposes in our lives. There may be dreams, there may be things that always come up in your mind that put fear in us and prevent us from stepping out in faith. Sometimes it may be sharing the word of God with someone and all of a sudden, this noise comes into our heads. The last saying of the sluggard is this. It's a question actually. What do you know about the pressures I am under? So the sluggard is the only person who is facing the most difficult problems in the world. So when they are being encouraged to get on with life, to get on and move on, they say, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know the difficulty I'm going through. The sluggard is wiser in his own eyes. So in Proverbs 26, 16, he says that the sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. Sometimes we know we are being lazy. Sometimes we know that we are on the right path, but we'll try to defend it. We will try to come up with reasons why we should not do what we are supposed to do, or reasons why we should not change course. You see, sometimes some of these words, I'm a realist. I'm guilty here, I tend to use that word a lot. Instead of stepping forth in faith, we say, I'm a realist because we are being wise in our own minds. And sometimes we would say, oh, I'm a bit below ourselves. You know, when you've woken up in the morning and you know, slow going and active, a bit slow, and they say, ah, it's, it's slow going this morning. And 
And sometimes we say, I stuck to my guns. Are you sticking to your guns because you are wise in your own minds? Or you are sticking to your guns because God has convicted you that this is the step that you need to take? We need to watch this. The sluggard in us can show up in places that we don't expect. The diligence response to the second sin of the sluggard is this. So the sluggard says there is always tomorrow. And this is the attitude of a diligent person. He says, there is only today. And that is true for the ants. In cold weather, the ants cannot gather food. So their only opportunity to gather food is when the weather is favorable. So the opportunities that they have today may not be available tomorrow. So the attitude of the diligent person is that there is only today. Today is the only opportunity to do what I need to do. And we also saw that the sluggards are afraid of lions out there. They are afraid of the risk they are afraid of the difficulties. They are afraid of the challenges out there. But the diligent person has this attitude. I will never quit. I will overcome every obstacle. Try it one day if you see an army of ants and try and obstruct the path of the ants. They will always find a way around it. Nothing will stop them. They will always find a way around every obstacle that comes their way. And that is their attitude. They never quit. Because for the ants, they know that if they quit, is death. So that ant is waiting to put them to death. And that should be our attitude as diligent people. And the response to the fourth saying is this. The diligent person knows that they are not alone. As we saw with the ants, they work in teams. They are never alone. As children of God, we are not meant to be alone. That is not how God designed it. And so if we are being encouraged to go and look at the ants, let's look at how they work together. Ants with two stomachs, want to care for the rest. 
And so when those things come that overwhelms us, when those difficulties come that overwhelms us and, and feeds the sluggard in us to come up with excuses, let's remember that we are not alone. We are in this together. As a family, we are there to support one another through difficult times. So those things should not prevent us from doing all that God has planned for us. So how do we apply this? I don't know where you fall, whether you are a sluggard or you are diligent. I'll leave that to you to meditate and to reflect on. But there are some applications that we can take from this. The first is that as new creation in Christ, there is no room for laziness. Each one of us has been created for good works. Each single one of us. And when I was preparing this, what God told me, I, I mean, was if I can use an ant, how much more a human being? You see the ant, you take one ant and you can easily destroy an ant. And God is saying you are much bigger. There is much more potential in you than an ant. You see the brain of an ant contains 250,000 brain cells. That of a human being is 10 million, they say. So the potential is there. Ephesians 2.10 For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we cannot hold our hands. We cannot fold our hands. God has a plan for each and every one of us. So when those sluggard in us comes calling that there is nothing good in us, let's remember that we are God's handiwork. He has placed some good deposits in us. Second point is that Jesus set an example for us about being good stewards of time. He says in John chapter 9 and verse 4, as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. So in Jesus' vocabulary, he doesn't postpone things to tomorrow. Today is an opportunity because he knows time is coming, night is coming, that you will not be able to do what you are meant to do.
Third and finally, we are to work wholeheartedly. Whatever work our hands finds to do, we are to do it wholeheartedly. Colossians 3, 23 and 24, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So today we have the youth, everybody is here. When you are in class and you are studying for a course, you glorify God when you come out with good grades. Yeah? Hello, Adam. Oh, it's holiday, so no school. We, we shouldn't talk about school. You glorify God when you come up with good grades. This is what this means. And so you work hard at it. When you go to work, it's not about the attitude of your boss. It's not about your feelings. It's not about the conditions there. But you know that as a child of God, whatever you are doing at work, you are also glorifying God. It shouldn't be that on account of us, people say bad things about Christians. It shouldn't be on the account of our work that people have cause to complain. Even if what we do are not appreciated, we know that God is appreciating it because what we are doing is within his will. So I'll end with this quote from Scott again. It says, in Christ we find our pattern for work. In Christ, we find our power for work. And in Christ, the sluggard dies. When we become like Christ, the sluggard has to die. We need to get rid of laziness because it's inconsistent with who he is. And the way he worked, he has given us the pattern of work. And he has given us the power to work, to glorify his name. So these are a few reflections from Proverbs. And I hope there are things from these ancient words that we can reflect on that can change us and make us more and more like our master so that we will continue to glorify him more and more. These are meant to help us see our blind spots. You see when you are driving, there are always blind spots. There are areas that we may not be aware of. 
And these passages that we are going through in this series are to help us notice these blind spots so that we can change for the better. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for this morning for reminding us about the sluggard and the dangers and reminding us of the examples that you set for us. We pray that even as we reflect on these passages and on these words, you help us to overcome any sluggard in us that will be diligent people always working hard always putting the strength and the abilities that you've given us to the best of our abilities so that in and through us all the glory will be given to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.